Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks for Monday, November 25th, 2019. My name is Jay Zawoski with you here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Lots to get to today, but first want to tell you how to get in touch for tomorrow's Talk Back Tuesday episode. If you've not already submitted your emails and your voicemails, now is the time. Email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. Voicemail number 708-653-0572. We need some voicemails. Get some voicemails in here. It sounds really good when you guys call and leave those messages. So please do that before tomorrow evening or before this evening, actually, because I have to record the podcast on Monday night. So please, please, please get some voicemails in. Send me a tweet at LO underscore Blackhawks. If you want to follow my personal account, you can do so at LO underscore Blackhawks. And make sure you check out my other Blackhawks podcast, the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. New episode of that should be coming out later today, sometime this afternoon. So you're going to want to not miss that. Again, Talk Back Tuesday is tomorrow, but need those submissions by tonight. Tonight, tonight, tonight. Get those in as soon as you can. I'm probably going to record around 8.30 or 9 p.m. Central Time. So if you can get those in before then, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. All right, well, we've not spoken since the Blackhawks 2-1 shootout loss to the Dallas Stars. And after the Lightning game, I spent some time talking about missed opportunities. And look, the Hawks played really well against Dallas. I'm not going to, um, you know, bemoan the effort, bemoan the game. They were even with one of the better and hottest teams in the National Hockey League. They played a great road game. They were inches away from winning that game a couple times. That Dylan Strom high stick was just a little bit too high, and somehow, miraculously, that Kubelik and Shaw attempt, I think it got past the goal line, but you really can't, couldn't tell in a replay, so they truly couldn't overturn that. The guys on the broadcast mentioned it's probably time for uh, you know, some, some sort of chip in the puck. If the technology exists, I feel this way in every sport. If the technology exists to get the call right, it should be used, bottom line. So I really think that um, if that technology could be adapted to NHL where they know the puck's totally over the line, if there's some sort of sensor that goes off, there's got to be a way to do it, uh, and they should consider doing it. But look, Hawks lose in the shootout. Robin Leonard uh, struggled again in the shootout, and that was a big topic of some of the emails I got on uh, Saturday night after the game. And the question sort of arose, should the Blackhawks consider – putting Corey Crawford in for shootouts. Ben Pope from the Sun-Times covered it beautifully this weekend, got some quotes, got some thoughts on it. So that'll be the second segment of the show. I want to do I do want to spend more time on Saturday night's game, but that will be a big part of, of today's show. Um but look, everything you want to see in a game, the Blackhawks gave you on Saturday night. And you know, the power play didn't score, but they had good zone time, they had good looks, good good chances. I would like to see them be a little more aggressive on the power play and maybe shoot the puck a little more because, yeah, having the puck on the perimeter is great and controlling it for a long time is is great, and obviously that's better than constantly turning it over and losing it like they've been doing games past. But now that they're controlling the puck so well, try to get the puck on that. Just, again, those ugly goals, and I've been sort of asking for it. Maybe it's time to give Kirby Doc a look on the power play because – you need a big body to stand in front of the net. He's capable of doing it. He's willing to do it. He's got those good hands in tight. So I, I'm all for it. I think it's time to give him a look. But until that happens, and who knows when that will be, they've just got to be more aggressive with their shots on goal. 
that's really it. And the eventually, some of those shots are going to get through. We saw it in the Tampa game. Some of the shots Lightning took, they just found their way through traffic. And sometimes that happens. You also have, you know, Brent Seabrook's goal in that game. Just throw the puck at the net. Sometimes good things are going to happen. And I think that's an effect of not feeling overly confident in your power play, right? And knowing that goals have been limited. And as that game goes on and Hudobin is playing as well as he's playing, the Hawks are getting more and more frustrated. And look, they're a lot more desperate for points than the Dallas Stars are. So as it goes, that that pressure mounts and builds and builds and builds. And it just gets sort of tougher to not want to make that perfect, you know, Harlem Globetrotters-esque goal. But when you think about power play goals scored in the National Hockey League, very, very few of them are, you know, highlight reel power play goals. It's a very simple formula to get the puck on net, hope for a redirection, hope for a screen, and look, the Hawks have been better at that this, this year. Dylan Strom has gotten comfortable with it, finally, of getting in front of the net and setting a screen. Jonathan Taze has done it his whole career. But I think it's great that they're possessing the puck and they're keeping the puck, and that should be encouraged, and that should make you feel good about the way the power play is going. But now that they've got it, they've got to do something with it, and they've got to get those shots on goal. So I, I do think give Kirby Doc a look. You know, it was another roller coaster game for him. Again, only 11.38 for him on Saturday night. So the kind of like 10, 14, 13, 12, 10, it's like kind of all over the place. I'd like to see him, especially a guy with his skill, get a little more ice time than he's been getting. But look, the Hawks are playing pretty good. You know, like the Tampa game, they were in it. It was 4-2 at the end, but one of those was an empty netter. They were close to tying it at the end. The Dallas game, they probably deserved to win. But these little things, these little um, missed opportunities, these too many men on the ice penalties, one during overtime, by the way, That those are the things that are going to cost you. And those are the things that when you at the end of this year – if the Blackhawks do come up short of a playoff spot, you're going to look back at those moments. Three-on-three hockey should be right up the Hawks' alley, right? Some highly skilled players, some guys that can control the puck for long amounts of time, guys with really great shots, guys who can pass very, very well. But to be shorthanded, that goes against everything that they should be doing. And, you know, I, I was a little annoyed with Calton about it last night, and got a couple texts from from players uh that said look that penalty not Blackhawks players but guys who had played before and and guys who play now saying look uh I know you're it's annoying that that happened but that's almost always 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 on the players so fair enough I won't blame Jeremy Cowton for it the players have to be more heads up but um again the Dallas game the Lightning game just feel like missed opportunities and for different reasons you know, the Tampa game, because he felt like playing Slater Cuckoo, Jeremy Cowton, that is, to get revenge against his old team instead of putting the best lineup out there. And by the way, if you missed that, after that happened, Jonathan Taves was asked about it. Not happy. Jonathan Taves said, yeah, it felt like we had some good stuff going with the lines we had. You're going to have to ask the coaches about that. Never great when you hear your star player say that. So the story, again, after the Dallas game, 
is missed opportunities. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. It is Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jay Zawoski. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like the podcast, why don't you leave it a five-star review? Make sure you rate it. Make sure you review it. Make sure you tell a friend. Those things are all very, very helpful. This is episode 41 of Locked On Blackhawks, and it's been a really great start. would like that momentum to continue. So please tell a friend, rate, review. All those things are incredibly helpful to all podcasters, but especially this one because I'm the one I care about, quite frankly. Uh, if you, you found the podcast uh, wherever you're listening, thank you. But we're available everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play. My favorite podcast app is Pocket Cast. I just think it's a really nice and streamlined uh, app that, that sorts your podcast beautifully. But whatever you use, thank you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, though. That helps us as well. So, all right, we talked about it last segment. Robin Leonard struggles in the shootout and what the Blackhawks can do about it. And I really don't think there's much they can do. I think it's just something they're sort of going to have to deal with. Look, he's got the best save percentage in the National Hockey League. Robin Leonard is playing absolutely out of his mind. The game against Dallas was no exception. Uh, and, and like I said last segment, during the game, they were sort of talking about Leonard's struggles before the shootout even began. And Pat Foley sort of alluded to hey, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to put Corey Crawford in. And before the words could leave Foley's mouth, Eddie Olchick had shot it down. He said, no, it's a bad idea. It's not a good thing to do. Uh, you know, it just it, it's very difficult to put a cold goalie in a game. And I do think there's something to, you know, it's sort of humiliating to the goalie. And I, and I don't think Robin Leonard... Of all the people on the team, I think Robin Leonard would probably take that the best. Like, I get it. I suck at this. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really good at shootouts, and I hate them. But uh, so Ben Pope of the Sun-Times, who's done a killer job on the beat, doing a tremendous job, went back and looked up a couple times. This has happened. Again, it doesn't happen often. Uh, but he cites two examples here that this has happened in the past, where the coach went and switched goalies for the shootout specifically. So this is from Ben Pope. In October of 2008... Then Maple Leafs coach Ron Wilson switched starter Vesa Toskala, a horrendous shootout goalie who had already lost two other shootouts that month, for backup Curtis Joseph, a good shootout goalie in a game against the Ducks. But Joseph allowed goals on both Ducks attempts, and the Leafs lost anyway. Three years later, in an Islanders-Penguins matchup in October of 2011, Rick DiPietro replaced Isles starter Evgeny Nabokov for the shootout. An explanation was never given, but DiPietro finished his career 0.730 0.730 in shootouts, while Nabokov finished 0.645. That's save percentage. So it may well have been strategic. Yet the Isles also lost, despite DiPietro stopping two of three attempts. So, I don't know. I think if this was something that was proven to work, more teams would do it. I don't think more teams would be closed-minded to it if there was some sort of science. If there's any, look, if there's any sort of evidence that it works, teams will jump on it. I promise you that. Teams will jump on it. And what if you like Jeremy Cowton or not, 
he is an analytics guy. He's open-minded to it. He embraces it, all those things. So if he had numbers that told him it might make sense to play a better backup than a uh, you know than a starter who struggles, he would absolutely use that. And uh, and the Hawks have not, and it seems like they will not. Uh, Jeremy Cowton was asked about this again from Ben Pope's uh, piece. He says, this is Cowton speaking, that'd be tough. Listen, Robin played really well. I don't think it's fair to talk about the shootout as well as he played for the rest of the 65 minutes. He was really good. So he didn't pay it too much mind, but it doesn't seem like that's something he would consider. And I do think there is something to that, that you don't want to humiliate the player. You don't want to embarrass the player. Um, But if you miss this on Sunday, and you may have with Bears mania, Robin Leonard, the man himself, went on Twitter and asked people on Twitter for advice. So this was Sunday at 4.30 p.m. He says, first, let's get this out of the way. It's not a mental problem because I don't feel any type of pressure anymore. Proven that with my performance in contract years and in countless insane situations, and I can still perform on the ice. So here we go. I want to hear from all the experts in the media on what my new shootout strategy should be. Smiley face emoji. I'm all ears. The shootout is not hockey. Agreed. So I got to learn this sport somehow, and hopefully one of the experts can help me, as all my goalie coaches haven't been able to yet. Sabres fans would love to hear your opinion as well. Don't be shy. Let's turn this together. Happy Sunday. And then he started tweeting at goalies like uh, Roberto Luongo and everything. So Leonard's got a sense of humor about it, which is great. And, of course, no one really uh, chimed in with any meaningful advice aside from stop the damn puck or come back to the Islanders or whatever and funny memes. But it's interesting. The way I saw him, he comes way out of the net. Maybe just sit back and take up as much of the net as you can. Go down in the butterfly and just try to... Take it, take as much away as you can. I don't know. I have no clue. I couldn't stop a shootout puck if my life depended on it. But that was sort of the, after watching the shootout for years and years and years, seeing Robin Leonard come that far out of the net seemed different, right? Like you saw that and was like, ooh, that doesn't, like your 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 muscle memory and your brain doesn't, that doesn't look normal. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe just be ultra aggressive and go for the poke check early. I don't know. There, Try something. It seemed like his five hole was very vulnerable. For whatever reason, he, he kept that five hole open for a long time, and, and both shooters on Dallas uh, exploited that. So, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe stack the pads every time and just, you know, hope it hits you. I don't know. But hopefully Robin Leonard figures it out. It's not going to happen that often. Shootouts don't happen that often, especially with an offense as high-powered as the Hawks and a defense as porous as the Hawks. I don't think you're going to find a lot of shootouts this year. But uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting, and I think it's a very good sign that Robin Leonard can take to Twitter, can take to social media, and have a smile on his face about it. And look, with everything Robin Leonard has been through in his life and in his NHL career, stopping shootout goals is one of the least important things he'll ever have to do, right? I know we take hockey very seriously, and we live and die with every win and loss, and I think Robin Leonard does too, to a point. I think logically, you know, logic would tell you um, that with everything he's been through, there's a lot more important things that he's dealt with that he's gotten through. And uh, I'm glad that he can just sort of laugh this off. And of course, the first thing you hear from everybody 
is, oh, you know, he's a head case and, and this and that. And that's that's not fair. That's not a, you know, I, I hate that term. I wish there was kind of a better word for it. I think especially like in this day and age when we know so much more about mental health, head case doesn't always indicate like mentally handicapped or mentally ill or anything, but I just think the connotation there is not great. I don't think Robin Leonard's a head case. I think he's one of the smartest dudes in the game. I think he's a guy who's who's battled through some problems, and hopefully he'll battle through uh, this one as well as he's done all the other problems he's faced in his life. It is Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawoski with you here. Reminder, I know I'm going to beat this into your heads eventually. Uh, Tuesday, Talk Back Tuesday. That is tomorrow. I need those submissions, like I said, by tonight. So please get them in, LockedOnBlackHawks at gmail.com, at LO underscore Blackhawks on Twitter, and send those voicemails, 708-653-0572. If I get three voicemails this week, I will be very thankful. And it's Thanksgiving week, after all. By the way, want to tell you the plan for Lockdown Blackhawks this week. There will not be a podcast on Thanksgiving Day. There will be a podcast on Black Friday. Want to give you guys something to listen to as you're driving around shopping, doing all that stuff. So look for a Colorado game preview on Friday. So we'll have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no podcast Thursday, but we'll have a podcast on Friday. Hope that makes sense. Uh, That Friday podcast will obviously be recorded Wednesday night after the Avalanche play. They play against the Edmonton Oilers. That night at 9 p.m., so it'll be a late night for me, but who cares? I got the next day off work, and I can stay up and do a podcast for you guys. So look for that episode on Friday morning. Anyway, looking ahead, Dallas on Tuesday. Again, we'll do a full preview um, after the mailbag segment. We'll do two segments of that, then a preview of the Dallas Stars. We just had a look at them, so it will be abbreviated. This one is big, and the next two... Friday and Saturday against the Avalanche, and then Monday against the Blues. I talked about it all last week. The Hawks need to get points here. They've taken one out of two, but they also gave Dallas two. So it's not ideal, but again, a point there. If they can win this game at home, now we're talking. I think you want to take, you've got eight available points left. In the game's plate. If they can take five of those, do you feel pretty good about it? I don't know. Eight would be ideal, obviously. Six would be really good. I think five is acceptable, but look, in these next four games, I want them to do better than two and two. They kind of have to, and I know it's early, and I know a lot can change, and I know Someone major can get injured from Colorado or Dallas, but to hope for that is not a winning strategy. And it doesn't feel like the Hawks are really in the market to make a huge trade. Of course, now that I say that, watch them do it. But just from talking to people around the team, it doesn't feel like that's happening anytime soon. They've got to get their points here against Colorado and Dallas. And they're playing well. Look, I I don't want to lament Saturday's loss too much. I think they played pretty well in that game. They played very well in that game. They should have won. But Hudobin makes an insane stop. First of all, the save on Kubelik alone was insane. 
that he was able to get post to post that quickly, get the leg out and stop it. Then he stops Andrew Shaw, who's diving at the net. And I would think if I ha- if you could somehow had the technology to like remove Hudobin from the picture and just look at what's happening underneath him, it's probably a safe bet that the puck was over the line. But there's no way you can prove that, right? Hudobin did a good job of covering the puck and then sliding his body out of the net before he sat up so when the puck was revealed, it wasn't in. That's just heady veteran goaltending. That's impressive. He played awesome. So did Robin Leonard. But the Hawks should have won that game. They had their chances. They had their looks. They had their opportunities. And despite some mistakes, I thought Calvin DeHaan didn't have a great game. That's a couple in a row where he's had some bad turnovers, some bad reads. And those are going to happen over the course of a season, but just something to keep an eye on. But overall, I think the Hawks played really well on Saturday. And more than anything, it was just a damn good game. It was entertaining to watch. I don't want to say it. I think saying it had a playoff feel is kind of thrown around a little too casually. But that game really did have an intensity and a speed and a pace to it that was really enjoyable. I enjoyed every moment of that game. It was exciting. It was nerve-wracking. Great goaltending, but really still good offensive scoring chances. Um, both teams' defenses played pretty well. I really enjoyed watching that game against Dallas. And if that's how the Hawks are going to play this year, and that's how they've been playing most of the game since the air quotes, the change, fine. Let's go. Let's have a, let's have a back-and-forth sprint game after game and just see which goalie, you know, survives I guess is a way to say it I'll put my money on Robin Leonard any night and Corey Crawford's been damn good too but think about this think about Robin Leonard and the barrage of shots he's faced this season right he's just been under attack most nights he leads the National Hockey League in save percentage that's crazy He's been so good. Here's a tweet from Dmitry Filipich uh, from Yahoo and ESPN. You could follow him at Dim Filipich on Twitter. Here's a, a tweet from uh, yesterday, Saturday rather. The most shots Robin Leonard faced in the game under Barry Trotz last season was 41. He's already faced 41 or more shots four times in the first 12 starts this season. He still has a 9.38 save percentage. He's been incredible, certainly proving that last year wasn't just a one-time system-driven thing. And that was sort of the big question about Leonard, right? How will he hold up without such a defensive system in front of him? Barry Trotz, we all know, has a very defensive system. I'm going to put this poll out uh, Monday morning on Locked on Blackhawks, and I want to get your vote. Who has been the Blackhawks MVP this season? Has it been Robin Leonard or has it been Patrick Kane? I don't know the answer. I got to think about that before I vote on it. But go to the Twitter account at LO underscore Blackhawks and make sure you vote on that poll. I will share the results on Talkback Tuesday and hopefully a whole bunch of your voicemails. 708-653-0572. If you don't want to pick up the phone, no one's going to answer, by the way. It just goes to a Google voice number. So you don't have to worry about someone answering the phone and having to have an awkward conversation. It's just a voicemail box. If you're still uncomfortable with that, open up your voice memos app record your question there and just email it to lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com again tweet and vote on that poll at lo underscore blackhawks but we will talk to you on talk back tuesday 
We will preview the game against the Dallas Stars and a whole lot more. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks. My name is Jay Zawoski, and Lockdown Blackhawks is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Talk to you on Tuesday morning.